With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for us to dip into the mailbag. Mailbag time. Andy, the thoughts, inquiries, inquisitions, questions of Patriots Nation, or at least people that are dumb enough to follow us on Twitter. We put out the call. They sent us questions galore. Uh, You want to just kind of go grab bag style? We'll just sift through it and see. All right, there we go. Ready? All right. We begin today with Christopher Casilli at CCAS44. Does he have a Casilli question? (laughs) There are no Casilli questions, (laughs) just Casilli answers. Oh, God. Anyone want to Casill in for Andy next time we do a podcast? All right. That wasn't bad. Uh, Has Belichick gone full Michael Corleone by tossing anyone who took sides against the family last year? Because there was that little bit of a, I won't say report, but it was a seemingly informed opinion last week on the afternoon program where Tommy Curran said he thinks that uh, longtime Patriot, Mr. Live in the area forever, Axel Brian Hoyer, got kicked to the curb. They're paying him not to be here this year when he could have been a coach on the field, an offensive assistant, O'Brien system, and yes, a camp body and arm. They just said, like, nah, we're good. Do you think that was because Hoyer's, you know, Hoyer's head is still, is he still dinged up? Um, is Are they just good with him and they want to get younger at the position, Andy? Or did he get tossed aside because he pushed back against the offense last year the same way Mac Jones did, just not as vociferously as Mac did with uh, colorful metaphors on field? It makes a lot of sense. It honestly does, because cutting him made no sense to me. You now need to add even just an arm for camp, whatever, yeah. like, it made no sense, and mm-hmm. therefore it's believable. And, you know, I'll trust Tom Curran and his sourcing. And he has been pretty consistent on this dating back to, like, November and December, like how mad Bill was about all of this behind the scenes. Even though Bill has had to since acknowledge it was an experiment gone wrong, it was a disaster. Yeah, there's all these reports still that he's salty about it. Like, Bill, get over it. Well, and I don't know how you can... Admit on one hand how much of a disaster it was by changing all the coaches and kind of allowing Matt Patricia to be scapegoated or railroaded or whatever you want to call it. But then, but you, you didn't handle it well. You, you, I'm mad at you. I'm still mad at you. You, you got mad when I put you in a bad position. Like, so he was a competitor. He was a human being and you're mad at him. And the other thing here, because we had heard even going back to like August that Mac had reached out to some people was mm-hmm. sort of sort of crowdsourcing, you know, for ideas and how do I deal with my frustration and people that he trusted and knew and knew in the NFL and all of that. Guys, this is a disaster. Help. Is this Mac Jones? No, this is. Isn't uh, that a good idea? Like, yeah. Oh, oh, so your guy's struggling. He knows he's struggling. He knows we're struggling and he reached out to try to fix it. You'd rather he just crash and burn quietly. Like I, I, this is, this is like a bad teacher. So a bad teacher has a lesson plan Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the kid on Thursday is like, 
I have no idea what she's talking about. And we have a test tomorrow. So I'm going to call a friend, another teacher, mm -hmm. whatever. An uncle who's, who's a teacher. Yeah. Whatever. Right. To try to prepare myself for this test. And that teacher being pissed off and like giving the person a C just out of principle because she heard that I'm the teacher here and you only learn from what I tell you. You don't learn from anybody. Like, this is embarrassing. This is, is this is almost as embarrassing as the last 25 years. Like, I don't know that this is getting enough play that Belichick is holding a grudge against somebody who had the audacity to try to get better, succeed, win, fix a problem. I, I just, I don't understand it. This is another sign to me that Bill has lost his way a little bit. This is no longer a meritocracy as it should be, which is what football and all competitive sports should be, Andy. This tells me it's an autocracy. And it's just, it's my way or the highway. As people have said, like, we could have a little bit of King Lear going on now with the mad king in the castle surrounding himself with his people as as things get a little crazy. Like, how in the world? And a guy like Brian Hoyer, who well, that's, has come to the team three times. That's where I think Bill. It's crazy. Bill has lost his way. It'd be one thing if it was just the young, uh, insubordinate, second-year quarterback. He needs to learn. Emotion mm -hmm. isn't blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. It's the guy who's make him humble. Right. It's the guy who has been as humble as anyone as just a journeyman backup quarterback in the league who's been pretty loyal to you and come back to you a number of times. Now he's been paid handsomely to do it. But the if I sit back and go, wait, I'm pissed at Brian Hoyer, the old guy, and mm -hmm. I'm pissed at Matt uh, Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. huh, that's interesting. Maybe I should reevaluate why I'm pissed and maybe they're the ones that are right. Like sometimes you need to point with fingers. Sometimes you need to point with thumbs. This seems like a thumb situation where Bill's still using fingers. Bill could, can I just, I just want to point out, Belichick could kind of use a W sometime soon. Yeah. Not just on the field. Of course, on the field, as Mr. Kraft said last week, like I want him to chase Shula's record, but um, it's important we make the playoffs. Bill needs some sort of metaphorical, emotional, uh, roster development, draft, on-field W sometime soon because the 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 frustration, the L's, and the disappointment has kind of stacked up pretty heavily against him recently. I'll tie it into the previous segment. That's why I wonder if there's a little bit of, and this is what desperate teams do, but mm -hmm. a little bit of, I'll trade up. People love when you trade up, and they won't know for a year or two whether trading up was a good or bad year, and I may be gone by then. Maybe a little positive momentum mm -hmm. would come from trading I, I'm not saying that should seep into his mind, but he's done a lot of things that I don't think should have seeped into his mind in the last two, three, four years. And I just wonder if if the desperation of the situation could even push Bill Belichick to trade up to try to win the day, win the back pages, right. win public support. Because there hasn't I, been any of that. Hasn't been any of that, nope. Andy. And he's had to backtrack and like fix mistakes retroactively. Like there's been a lot of that. Um, he is not controlling the narrative. He's not controlling the fan base. He's not controlling his organization or his players. He's lost a little bit of control, even though he technically is still in control of the mm -hmm. team. Exactly. Good point. Uh, at Pat's fan, Ben, which would you rather have a great top 10 prospect drop to the Patriots at 14 or the Patriots trade back into the twenties for a second and then trade a first round pick for Jerry Judy. I would love Jerry Judy myself. Uh, um, I would rather a great work a prospect. trade accrue accrue work. So he's basically saying like work a trade, send Judy out, accrue some twos, and then like you pick some depth, but you go get a stud in bloom like Jerry Judy. I would love that personally, but Andy has made mention uh, and he did earlier in the podcast. He wants the Pats to trade up and get uh, best available as the name of the player you want, right? 
absolutely. But best available impact. Like I want a guy that you really believe is a pro bowler, is a guy to build around in your secondary, on your offensive line, on your offense, wherever that may be. And I'm just not as sold on Judy as everybody else is that I'm willing to give up a first round pick, give him a hundred million dollars and say, he's my AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs. That's going to change everything. I am not sold on him on the, at that level. I'm not. Excellent. Okay. Uh, let's see. Coming up next, our old friend, Classy Claire. Gentlemen, the Patriots must draft a tight end. Surely the best class in a decade. Do you see them picking one? And if so, who is your choice? I do see them picking one and a little uh, cross promotional tease here for the six mm -hmm. rings and prospect things. We Ooh. will be recording and posting the tight end edition of six rings and prospect things this week as well, where Shime and I will break down the position. It's an intriguing position. And just to give a little teaser on these mm -hmm. guys, there is a guy atop or near the top of the draft board, Michael Mayer, Notre Dame, who I think is the most boring but safest of the group. Mm-hmm. There is another guy who Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Oregon State. I, yeah, I hear he's is, excellent. Well, he, he's just never done anything. He's right. a, he's so a he's all prospect. Okay, he's a theory. He's a big-bodied theory who had, you know, 20 catches for 300 yards in his best season. Like, you can't do – if you do that, you're Jonu Smith and you're a terrible disappointment. But this looks like – when you watch him, you go – Oh, that guy's an NFL playmaker. That guy's an mm -hmm. NFL weapon. So I think he has a chance to overperform, but it's you're, you're projecting. You're doing the John o. Smith thing. He's going to get to our offense, and he's going to be X. He's never been X, but we think he's going to be X. And then there's some other interesting guys. Darnell Washington is the freakish big dude out of Georgia mm -hmm. who early on some people thought would eventually go to tackle. He's a great athlete, but a huge body and could end up at tackle. You put some weight on. Um, there's just some really interesting Kincaid uh, out of Utah, I believe. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Dalton Kincaid is more of yep. like a, an H back and Aaron Hernandez, more of an undersized we, kind we of got Gasicki. We already have Gasicki. He's oversized, uh, but he's a wide receiver in tight ends clothes. They have one right now that they're experimenting. Kincaid with. is a basketball. Like there's just a lot of really good options. So answer the question. There's not a guy I'd be all in on. But I do think the Patriots will take a tight end, probably third round-ish. Okay. I think they'll swing for the fences with Darnell Washington because he is an absolute athletic freak. Belichick has gone for the absolute athletic freak at tight end from Georgia before. It's a comfort zone. That's Bill doing Belichick. 13 things. years later, that guy became a good tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Just make, please make no jokes about his uh, marital status or his lovely, lovely wife. No. no, uh, no. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, Joel from Hull. Fabulous Hull. Uh, down by the shore. Hi, I Andy. Feel this is going to be a Hull of a question. <laughs> Too many times. You're on fire. Your dad jokes are on point today. You know, it's good for the audience. There's been studies it's that show it's good for the audience. It's excellent. I'm I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Uh, which player outside of Mac Jones do you expect to outperform expectations this year? Ooh. So we all think it's going to be a big bounce back season for young Michael McCorkle Jones. Who else is going to have a bounce back season or a here's what I thought you'd do. Oh, wait a second. You did so much more. How about that? I didn't see it coming. Oh, wait, I did. That's why I'm on six rings. So I think the safe side of the ball is offense, correct? Because we all mm -hmm. believe the arrival of Bill O'Brien has the chance to positively affect everyone. I don't think there's anyone that you look at on that defense last year, save for Christian Barmore, who was injured a lot. And you'd say, oh, boy, that guy kind of sucked last year. Like right. 
Everyone did the absolute best they could. The def- I have very little issue at all with the defense. The defense can only improve a bit this year thanks to the talent available in the draft. The offense, however, room to grow. Right. And I think there's actually there are actually probably a lot of high expectations on defense that some guys are are not going to reach under it. Like, for example, Josh Uche. Is he now a 15 sack guy, roll out of bed 15 sacks? Probably not, but I think fans are probably going to expect him to be a mid double digit sack guy. Jack Jones. Oh, he was good as a rookie, but now he's going to become a number one corner as a second year player. Yeah, he's awesome at picking off Aaron Rodgers, so he's going to get right. a couple of this. Like, well, well, right till he gets double moved and gives up an 80 yard touchdown or some of those types of things. Or mm-hmm. Kyle Duggar, who's coming towards contract time. How much mm-hmm. is he worth? How much are you going to pay him? So I think there's probably a lot of guys on that side of the ball that could underachieve. I am going to go with, so there's two options in my head. I'm just going to give the two options, and we can bandy them about. And I think they're obvious options, obvious ones. Actually, mm-hmm. there's three, but I'm stick with two. Kendrick uh, Bourne is one of them. And the other is Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry could have a really, really good year with him and McCorkle, as you like to call him, mm-hmm. settling back into their little love fest um, and Bill O'Brien, tight ends. Like I think there's a lot of reason. And then the one I'd like to hope, if we're going to talk optimistic hope, Actually, there's two. Um, now I'm up to four. Uh, wow. Now, geez, you started with one. Now we're up to four. Why don't you just say the whole damn offense? I was going to say I'm like the uh, that big L.L. Bean tarp at Fenway. I'm covering all my bases, baby, when it rains Atta here. Boy. Uh, Tyquan Thornton would be a guy you'd hope would have a huge breakout year. Second round mm-hmm. pick, second year, mm-hmm. put on some weight, knows the NFL. Four, two, hurt. eight, 40. Let's yeah, see. Let's, let's see go. him get in action. Let's stretch the field. There we go. I'm not sure I feel that one coming, but I'll throw it out mm-hmm. there. And then you know my favorite. I'll go with a newcomer veteran, James, James Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, James Robinson and Hunter Henry. Like, everyone's going to say Bourne. Thornton doing anything would be an improvement. James oh, Robinson shit, having Sean. a bounce back. See, it's not. Come on. He wow. didn't do much last year. He had the nice little end around in wow. uh, Cleveland. Aside from that, name. Faithful. Foxborough faithful. Fitzy oh, checking in. Just, I told you. Reality has set in. It's, it took three years after Tom Brady left town, but I'm at – I'm a different man and different fan than I was a long time ago. It's just the part of the process, Andy. So dare I, I say I'm even maturing process. a little bit. Oh, you're supposed to. I've been told to several times in this life. Mm, uh, I like the Hunter Henry one, and I'm definitely in on uh, – I'm in as well on James Robinson because he was injured so much last year. All right. When Belichick trades this year's first rounder for three – for two third rounders and a backup linebacker, what will you do? I will apologize to the producer on WEEI, whoever it may be, Ben Charleston or whoever else that has to d- uh, dump that portion of the segment because I will be swearing. <laughs> I was going to say there will be foul language, uh, loud noises, and much more coming from all Yeah, of listen us. to that show on the stream so you can get the unedited version. <laughs> um, all right, two more, Andy. Here we go. Um, here it is. What do you, This is a fun one. Fouad Heeman at Fouad Nehemen. That's a real, that's his name. I just, Fouad, okay. What do you think is Bill's biggest water? Too many. I'd like to take a Fouad of paper and throw it at you right now. What do you think is Bill's biggest flaw when it comes to building a roster? And could this be his final season if they don't make the playoffs? Uh, I think it could be his final season if they do not make the playoffs. And his biggest flaw in building a roster may be the disrespect of elite talent at times and not and believing he doesn't need elite talent. Everybody in the National Football League, and I would say more in 2023 than in Interesting. 2003, needs elite talent. I'm not sure he respects it the way he should. 
Ah, uh, that's interesting because I thought you I thought you might have said, I thought perhaps you would have said the way he zeroes in on you've said it before in the podcast, how he gets a little myopic in vision at times, like focuses so intensely on fixing one aspect of the team or game planning for one thing that he has blinders to or yep. just has a blind spot for other aspects of team building, roster building, game planning, et cetera. But I think he needs to realize he needs um, some high-end Jimmys and Joes or his X's and O's don't work. All right. And uh, <laughs> and let's see. Uh, Are you giggling? Uh, Share it with the class. Questions. Ah, uh, okay. Here we go. Do you think the pay? Would you like to see the pay? This is from Ty Pats fan. Would you like to see the Pats sign Frank Clark to a one-year deal? Having Judon Uche and Clark rushing the passer would be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I wouldn't turn down Frank Clark. What's the cost? I mean, yeah, I think uh, it's going to cost a lot. I was going to say it's pro. That's more of a a luxury signing for a team looking for Frank Clark to put themselves over the top. I don't necessarily see that as a wise investment uh, from the Patriots perspective, but in just a bubble as our morning show likes to do mm -hmm. oversimplified things and just say in a bubble, who would you rather have Mac Jones or Lamar Jackson? Uh, if you're just saying, would you like to have Frank Clark? Sure. I'd love to have Frank Clark on the roster. I just wish you could tell me it's only going to cost me, you know, a million five or something. Yeah, and where's our, we're, it's going to cost a lot. That's, you know, negotiating right. salaries. Uh, that's the reason why after winning a Super Bowl and being a, an integral part of the Kansas City pass rush, he was released into the wild. He's not taking a discount deal anytime soon. He's already got, he's got some money. He's got his Super Bowls. I'm sure he would love to cash in. But, you know, guys like Bobby Wagner left for a year, then went back for a one-year $7 million deal to Seattle. He can still play at an extremely high level. Uh, mm -hmm. Here's a question. This is uh, from at Fitzy GFY to at Jumbo Hart. Do you think, I think I GM Judon, <laughs> I muted that account years ago. Do you think GM Judon will ever finally be successful in his recruiting efforts to bring someone to the New England Patriots during his time in Foxborough? Yes, 100%, because he throws enough bleep at the wall. Sooner or later, just out of pure luck and numbers and odds, he has to hit one of them. Something's got to stick, right? And I don't think it'll be any doing of his, but I think he'll just uh, coincidentally luck into a player that they actually do acquire and put in a Patriots uniform. And he'll deserve the victory lap because he's tried so hard for the last year plus, right? Right. I mean, to the Everyone point loves where he, him. he even the even the clap back to Asante Samuel, right? Trying to hush, hush up over there. Um, hush, yeah, hush up tries. now. It's different here. Right. He tries. I, A for effort. F for execution. F for getting the job done. Sorry. <laughs> A for effort. F for ex execution. That's not as easy to say as you would think it would be. And that's what people are saying about the Six Rings podcast. A for effort. F for execution. Oh, is that or at least not nah, when I stumble over my words and don't get us in and out of breaks cleanly and do all those fitzy things. All right. And thus wraps up another robust, exciting joyful information and analysis packed edition of six rings and football things. Make sure to like review, share, subscribe the whole nine and beyond Andy and shine. will be back with more six rings and prospect things. Their next edition. They'll be looking at the tight end position. A lot of interesting prospects that could go anywhere from the second to the fourth round in a very deep tight end class this year at the 2023 NFL draft. And listen, if you've got any other thoughts or questions you'd like to share with us, during the lull before the draft, the calm before the draft storm, hit us up anytime at FitzyGFY, at Jumbo Hart, and at Six Rings Pod. For producer Justin Turpin, for the almighty and powerful Andy Jumbo Hart, and your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens, this has been Six Rings and Football Things. As always, good day, God bless, and go Pats.